0: Yeah, yeah. So we'll just read that. Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region and he'd become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. Kind of like me, but it's okay. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road for Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down the tre- and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. And look, you know, in this story, there's this little short guy who gets so excited to see Jesus that he climbs up this tree. Now, I'm not sure I could climb up a tree, But this guy, he's like, nah, I'm going to climb up the tree because I want to see Jesus. And today I just want to like pass that excitement on to you guys so that we can come here to see Jesus, you know. Climb that tree, come out the front, you know, like awesome to see all these kids here. But all you guys out the back can also come out the front and just be excited to meet with Jesus today. Amen. Yeah, come on out. (laughs)
1: Let's raise the expectation in this place this morning. Thank you, Lord.
2: I am chosen. I am free. I am living for eternity. I think it's I'm starting Yours now forever Yeah Oh, nothing's gonna hold me back oh, No, nothing's, oh, nothing's gonna hold me back Oh, nothing's gonna hold me back My chains fell washed away washed away. her sin and shame away this lady's clean a brand new day free now forever only I approach your throne to claim this crown to Christ my own yours now forever you know the script. come on nothing's gonna hold me back it's going to hold me back. It's going to hold me back. My chains fell my heart was free. I'm alive to live for you. I'm alive to live for you. Amazing love, how can it be? You gave it. You gave everything for me. Now I'm free to live, free to give, free to be. I'm free to love you. Free to live, free to give, free to be. I'm free to love you. Free to live, free to give. Watch what you see. My chance fell off, my heart was free. I'm not to live for you. I'd love to live for you. I love live for you. Yeah. amazing love. How can it be? But you gave everything for me. You gave everything for me. My chance fell off. My heart was free, I'm alive to live for you.
3: Yes. Here we go. This is no performance Lord, I pray it's worship Empty words I can't afford Come on, let's get
1: that clapping going. Come on. I'm not chasing feelings. There we go.
3: I am singing.
1: You're
3: the reason for our song. And I only want to sing. If I sing with everything. If I sing for you, my King. Oh, I can't imagine why I
2: would do this all for high Cause it's all to lift you high Whoa!
3: Everybody jump! perfection you don't want perfection just my soul's attention all i have is what i You're more than a song jesus oh you're more than a song
2: that lasts a moment i live a life on honest worship if i'm here to sing then i sing with purpose for the praise of you I only want to sing If I sing with everything If I sing for you, my King I can't imagine why i I'm put it this all for high Cause it's all to lift you high oh, oh, oh. If you're here this morning to lift the name of God high, would you give Him a shout of praise? That's why we're here!
4: wow sounding great this morning wonderful to see you why don't you give your neighbor a high five as you take a seat kids you're looking good this morning we give you a very warm welcome to activate today if this is your first or second time here we invite you to as you leave the auditorium after the gathering is to pick up a visitors pack and you'll find information about the church and there's even a free coffee card So, avail yourself of that, that's wonderful. So church, can we put our hands together and welcome our visitors this morning? Fantastic. Well, who's had a birthday or a wedding anniversary over the last week? Any birthdays, wedding anniversaries? Oh, Stephen, great, coming out front here. Wow, yes, Rhys and Sarah. C- come out the
1: front if if you've had a birthday or anniversary. Come out the front.
4: Wow, awesome. Well, look at all those birthdays and anniversaries. Reese, I believe you had a special surprise. What happened? I, was... hey, I just I'm not... Yeah, we went to Melbourne. You went to Melbourne. Wow. And you didn't know anything about that. I know no, nothing about it. Wow. Heads up for Sarah. That is amazing. Fantastic. Well, I'm going to ask Jordan to come. Why don't you stand to your feet, church? We're going to read and declare this prayer of blessing as Jordan reads it, and we we start together with her.
5: Father, thank you for your family. We We declare declare blessing, 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 health, favor, prosperity, and protection over them this year. Activate your love and goodness through each one. In Jesus' name, amen.
4: Congratulations, guys. That's awesome. Well, this morning, Pastor is in Tokoroa at uh, Tokoroa Activate Church, so she'll be having a wonderful time there. So it's very, very cool. Next weekend is uh, the 27th. Turn to your neighbor and say, we don't have a 9 a.m., we don't have a 10.30, we have a 10 a.m. only, 10 a.m. only. So for the rest of the year and into the summer, our morning gatherings will be at 10 a.m. only and we have a 6 p.m. gathering this evening in the youth hall and there's a barbecue afterwards. Who would like some barbecue food? Well, i tell you there's gonna be some great spiritual food followed by some great barbecue food. So that's very, very good. If you're new to Activate, if you've been here for three or so months and you would like to learn more about the mission and the ministries of Activate, not only the mission in our city, but in cities around the world, then we invite you to join with us after this gathering in the Downstairs Cafe at approximately 12.30. Lunch is going to be served and there you'll learn about life at Activate. So I really encourage you to come along. So can I have a wave of hands who might be coming along this morning? great, fantastic. Thank you. That's very helpful. Love to see you. I'm going to be there. Nairi's going to be there. Alan Hall's going to be there. You're gonna be there. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be really good. Next Sunday, the 27th, we have Pastor Graham Lauritsen with us. He's from Australia. He's a seasoned minister and a wonderful evangelist. So I really encourage you to come along, bring your friends and family. It's gonna be a wonderful time. Well, there we go. Kids, you are gonna be looking forward to a great time this morning? Okay, who's gonna be the first at the door? Go! So over five this way. Under five. Okay, you guys can go a little bit slower that way. That's fantastic. Well, you're looking good, I must say. Well, it's my pleasure to invite Wendy to come and share communion. Come on, Wendy. She's given me the look. Up the top down. Thank you. Good
5: morning. 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 Lovely to see you all this morning. I love communion and I love it because it gives us an opportunity to remember Christ and what he did for us and his amazing sacrifice of him dying on the cross and the wonderful celebration of his resurrection. But I love it because it gives us an opportunity right now to still our hearts and our minds and our thoughts right now at this moment together as a gathering and for us to think about Christ. I love it because it reminds me of his goodness and Pastor Sheridan uh, preached a good sermon at the 9am service on goodness. It gives us an opportunity to remember that the uncertainty in our lives that when he died on the cross, he brought hope and he brought destiny and he brought purpose into our lives. He brought light where there was darkness through the cross of Jesus Christ. And so I am so thankful for that today. One thing that um, I'm really thankful for is his forgiveness. And can you imagine what it would be like if we walked around with unforgiveness in our hearts or can you imagine what it would be like if we didn't have access to forgiveness what would that feel like what would our society be like what would our christian church be like if we didn't have access to forgiveness and through christ dying on the cross he enabled forgiveness and not just a minor forgiveness it was a generous forgiveness his forgiveness is so huge that he says he even forgets what we're asking about for forgiveness. So his forgiveness is so generous to us, and I am so thankful for that. And um, Ray, you're going to like this, because I, uh, when I was uh, pondering the word, I thought, oh, two equations would be good. So I've got a qu- uh, mathematical equations, <laughs> uh, but they're not numerical, sorry. Um, so um, sin plus unforgiveness is the equation, and the sum of that is bitterness, sickness, unforgiveness, uh, hate, and there's a whole list of what the sum of unforgiveness brings, but the second sum is a lot better and a lot huger, the sum of sin plus forgiveness plus Christ's forgiveness brings life, brings destiny, brings lightness of spirit, enables us to carry on and walk the path that Christ has destined for our lives. And sin, uh, forgiveness also, Christ uh, shows us the way how to forgive, because we all have uh, things that happen to us that cause hurt. It might be in your workplace, it might be relationships, it might be your own family that things happen, or even your own children can do things that cause hurt to a parent's heart. But Christ, through the cross, enables us for him to come and stand right beside us and show us. How to forgive, He forgives us, and then he calls us to forgive. And in 1 John 1 nine uh, Christ says, "If you confess your sins, I am faithful and just to cleanse you uh, to forgive your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And he is faithful and just. He says he will cleanse us from all unrighteousness if, if we confess our sins. And we need to do that on a daily basis. The Lord's Prayer also reminds us, uh, forgive, what does it say in there? Um, forgive us our sins as we forgive others that trespass against us, or um, as we forgive those that sin against us, and lead us not into temptation. And it's almost like if you don't, ask God on a daily uh, basis for forgiveness, then that temptation, you're more at risk of that temptation and bitterness and things that lead from unforgiveness. So he encourages us to um, come to him uh, for forgiveness. He shows us how to forgive. I'm hoping there's a picture behind me up there. Very good. So, this photo was taken at the foot of Mount, or at the foothills at Mount Herman and Ray, and I had the privilege of going to Israel. And one thing about Israel that strikes you, it's a very barren, dry land. But at this point, water comes, or where I took the picture, the water comes out of the land. It's gone 30 k's under, and it's coming out in the foothills. And what struck me is that um, we, we had an opportunity to sit by a little creek. And I took this um, photo, and I was saying it's of blackberries, and someone said it's not very black, but they are actually. There is blackberries, but it just reminds me of the blood of Christ. The greenery there, the lush, but here are these little red berries, and it probably doesn't show up, but they were so uh, vibrant. And the greenery there, so here's this land that's brown and dry, but through the refreshing water that comes, there is life that comes, and it's just like Christ in our lives. He, if we drink from his well, he brings refreshing, and through his precious blood, uh, we have forgiveness, which brings refreshing. So I'm, when when we were sitting there at these foothills, a song um, came to me, and it's a song from Elevation Band, and shortly I'm going to sing the chorus and the bridge from that, and through that time, I'd encourage you to um, take a moment to reflect on your week, take a moment to Um, to think about forgiveness. Take a moment to think of any confessions that you might like to um, do in this moment between you and God. If you can't think of them, maybe you could ask the Lord to bring across anybody um, in your mind that you might need to ask for forgiveness. But just before Owen comes and kindly plays guitar for me, um, Matthew 26 says, while they were eating, Jesus took bread and when he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, take eat, this is my body. Then he took a cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for, the many, for, the forg- for many for the forgiveness of sins. He poured it out for forgiveness of sins that through his blood and through the cross, he cut that off from us. He gave us, enabled us access to have forgiveness, and that we may walk free, and that we may have a, a more, a closer relationship with God. Acts 3.1 says, Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. So this morning, my prayer for all of us here this morning is that as we take time to reflect on God and we confess our sins, that time of refreshing will be upon us this morning. So I'm hoping that you've all got your communion, that you've got your wine and your pieces of bread. And just take a moment now to reflect
1: in this moment
3: i I see you. I worship you in this home I see you I see you. I worship you
2: in this home I see you I see you. I worship you in this home Holy see you Lord Hey <laughs>
3: I
1: invite you to come out into the middle as an act of surrender if it's out of your comfort zone the Lord is here
3: I oh, want to lift you high I see you, I worship you in this holy place I see you, I worship you in this holy place I see you, I worship you in this This holy place, I see. I see you. I worship you. you. We see. We see you. Just the church. We see you. We see you. We. holy your presence Lord, your presence Lord, how we worship You. You dwell among Your people as we surrender to You. You are the Good, good Father. So good to me.
1: Let's begin to declare with our mouths what we're thankful for. We're thankful in this place, Lord. We come before you with thanks, Let's lift our voices, express our thanksgiving to you, Lord.
3: Oh, you're so good. Oh, I thank you. Walk with me, never leave me dry, always by my side, trust in you, trust in you, Lord. i yeah. yeah. let's
1: declare that with our mouths right now you are perfect you are God you are Lord you are overcomer yes Lord
6: Eager this morning to declare your goodness. A good, good Father. Why don't we just start to declare the good things of God for a moment, eh? As we finish, sort of part of what of our worship, let's start to declare out of our mouths the good things of God. So you need to make some noise. We thank you, Father. You're a good God. We thank you for your provision. We thank you for life. We thank you for our health. We thank you for the great country we live in. Father, we declare your blessing in Jesus' name. Thank you that you are here this morning. That you're present amongst us. We declare that you are a good, good. God and we praise you in Jesus name Amen Amen Nice to see you this morning Very nice to see you this morning Well this is our last 10.30 for the year we're going to go to the 10 after this and uh, next week we have a, a guest speaker with us Graham Lauritsen, that's going to be a lot of fun Then I think the weekend after that, the children are running the whole show. So anything could happen. The weekend after that, we've got the pantomime, the preview. Shall we? Why don't you stand up, Nicole, right where you are, and a couple of people around you lay hands on Nicole? Because Nicole's pulling the pantomime together. And she's doing an awesome job. And we're going to pray for her for a moment. Father, I thank you for people like Nicole who put their hand up. And Father, we declare that even though she's got a lot on her shoulders right now, this will be a time of peace in Jesus' name. We declare provision of every kind, people, resources, whatever it takes to bring that uh, production into being, and we declare that the pantomime will be a great blessing to our community in Jesus' name. So again, we declare we release peace for Nicole. Father, may she flourish through this period. And may she be the catalyst of an incredible blessing for our city. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Exciting. It's going to be great. I'm looking forward to it. If you've sown into the vision offering, we're up to 22,000. So congratulations. That's a great, great start. Well, over the last... Do you want to give me a light down here? Because I just like it better. Over the last two, nearly two years, our theme has been goodness. Underlying everything we've been talking about is goodness. And, um, you know, wherever, whenever, wherever, be like Jesus comes out of the theme of the goodness of God. That's where it comes from. It flows out of a good, good God. And I thought this morning I would talk about the goodness of God. Heading toward the end of the year now. We've got a different thing for next year. It's going to be great. But God is good. Yeah? God is good. It's a foundational truth, isn't it, of our faith. God is good. Yeah, do you really believe it? Seven of you do. God is good. God is good. He's either good or he isn't. God is good, and goodness flows from him. And this is a real easy subject to talk about today, because we're in church. Wendy's just led us around communion. She's done a fantastic job. The the band and the leaders have led us as we've worshipped Jesus. It's so easy to talk about the goodness of God, because he's good, is he not? Yeah, he's good. Still only six of you. The rest just got on board because I asked. Is he good or is he not good? He's good. He's good. I'm glad you think that because would you think the same thing if you'd been living in Kaikoura this week? Pretty rough. It's been a big week in the life of New Zealand. Big week. Would you still be thinking the same thing if you lived in Kaikoura this weekend? Is God still good? Yeah? What about if you've just received some really bad news? Is God still good? Sure? Sure? What about if you've been the victim of crime or abuse or injustice? Could have been ongoing. Is God still good? Are you sure? What makes you say that? Faith? Are you sure? You sure you're sure? You wake up tomorrow and life's custard, is he still good? I'm glad you're sure. I'm glad you know why you're sure. Because I think this is one of the great challenges we have as Christians, is that we know the answer, but sometimes what we experience is quite different. And we grapple with this tension of living in a world and living our lives sometimes where our circumstances are quite different from who we know God is and even the promises of God. Yet we carry this tension with us. We, we carry this tension. John 10.10 10 says that the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. God, Jesus says, I have come that you might have life in all its abundance. But some days it feels like the devil's winning. Yes? You would say, okay, hopefully you won't get struck with lightning or anything. It's, it just does sometimes, doesn't it? I think if you knocked on anyone uh, you know, that is suffering in Kaikoura and the, the town's around this week and you said, you said who, who do you think's winning this week? They'd go, the Christians, they'd go, I know the right answer, but I'll tell you what I feel. Wouldn't they? That's just, that's part of it. But God is good and goodness flows from God. Actually, his attributes, one of his attributes is that he's good. Not sometimes, all the time. He is good good. And goodness flows from him. And as disciples of Jesus, it's very, very easy to believe that and live with that knowledge when things are going well. But what about my friend Paul? He woke up one morning just like any other morning. He was a, a, an elder with me in Christchurch. He's a good man. He's a family man. Great man. Goes off to work just like any other day to work in the CTV, CTV building in Christchurch. Christchurch has the massive earthquake CTV building collapses and he's killed. Is God still good? Oh, you're quieter now. Doesn't take much to rock you. Is God still good? A little bit more challenging, isn't it, when facing adversity? You've all got your own stories. Every one of us will know people if not our own experience, that have suffered tragedy or loss or whatever the case may be, a loved one's hurting or suffering. or Just the, 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 the facts of life declare something contrary to the truth of God. And we have to juggle that tension. We have to carry that tension, knowing that God is good. God is good. God is still good. But are you sure? Philip, in the Sudan, the guards picked up a burning log from the fire. Renounce your faith in Jesus Christ, they commanded. We will burn you and cut you until you become a Muslim. Philip had been taken to a military barracks along with 35 other Christians. Islamic officials began to beat them and curse them. For 11 days, Philip and several of his friends were bound, beaten and burned as government soldiers tried to convert them to the Islamic faith. None of the 12 women survived the torture. Philip still bears the scars on his chest left by the burning log used to torture him. He told reporters later, my faith was very strong when they burned me. I will never forget. Or he prayed, God, I will never forget you. Is God still good when stuff like that's going on? situation's not good. Because. So how do, you, how do you hold that tension? How do you hold that tension in your life? How do you walk with that sense of something's not quite in whack here? Because we all have to carry it. I can't carry it for you. You can't carry it for me. It's something that we all have to carry. And as I said, it's easy on a good day when it's smooth sailing. But what about When sickness, tragedy, bereavement, disaster, earthquakes, financial loss, kids walking away from faith, crime, injustice, poverty, torture, etc., come your way. Not quite so easy. David wrote a psalm, Psalm 34. He says this I will praise the Lord at all times, I will constantly speak his praises, I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt His name together. I prayed to the Lord and He answered me. He freed me from all of my fears. Those who look to Him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. In my desperation, I prayed and the Lord listened. He saved me from all of my troubles. For the angel of the Lord is a guard. He surrounds and defends all who fear him. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you his godly people, for those who fear him will have all they need. Even strong young lions sometimes go hungry, but those who trust in the Lord will lack no good thing. Come, come. My children, and listen to me, and I will teach you to fear the Lord. Does anyone want to live a life that is long and prosperous? Then keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right, his ears are open to the cries, their cries for help. But the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. He will erase their memory from the earth. The Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. He rescues them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. The righteous person faces many troubles, but the Lord comes to the rescue each time. For the Lord protects the bones of the righteous. Not one of them is broken. Calamity. Will surely overtake the wicked, and those who hate the righteous will be punished. But the Lord will redeem those who serve him. No one who takes refuge in him will be condemned. It's a beautiful Psalm. It's, a, it's just a beautiful Psalm. It's written by David, and it's written as David looks back on the time when he was pretending to be insane in front of King Abimelech. It was not a good time for David. He would it was Going quite pear-shaped, actually. It was not a good time for King David. He, was, he would have been struggling. Surely, as a human being, he was struggling in the situation. Yet, when he looks back on it, when he looks back on the terrible time, when he's wondering about everything, the first thing he opens his psalm with is, I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praises. I will boast only in the Lord. You go, Wow. That's a guy who's carrying the tension well. That's a guy who understands something of the bigness of God. I like verse 8. It's my favorite in there. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. I like it because taste and see is about experience. That's about experiencing God. Taste and see that the Lord is good is a statement. It's, an attri- it's talking about an attribute of God, who he is. God is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Remember, he's gone through this crazy time, but he says, taste and see that the Lord is good. And I like it because I think our experience with God is so, so important. But our experience with God is subjective, you experience God in a different way than I experience God. I, I, I don't know quite how you experience God because I'm not you. I know how I experience God. And chances are it's a little bit different because God's made us as individuals. He's wired us different. He's created us different. And he relates to us the way that we need him to relate or that he needs to relate to us. But it's subjective. It's subjective. I can't say with absolute clarity that this is truth because I felt it like this, because it's different for you. That's right, isn't it? Subjective. What the Bible says gives us the truth. The Bible brings a consistency. The Bible reveals the character of the God. The Bible shows us and tells us who he is. Mark 10, 18 says this. It says, why do you call me good? Jesus asked. Only God is truly good. That's Jesus' statement. Only God is truly good. Matthew 19, verse 17. Why ask me about what is good? Jesus replied, there is only one who is good. Again, that's Jesus saying, he's talking about God. There is only one who is good. Psalm 119, 68. You are good and do only good. 1 Chronicles 16.34, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. James 1.17, whatever is good and perfect comes down to us from God our Father, who created all the lights in the heavens, for he never changes or casts a shifting shadow. Hebrews 9.11, so Christ has now become our high priest over all the good things that have Come, you can go through the scriptures, just keep going through and through and through and through, and you find again and again that God is good, God is good, God is good, God is good, God is good. God is good. It's a fundamental truth of our faith is that God is good. Yeah, Are you sure? Great, I like this. I love this. Uh, Exodus 34 6 and 7. The Lord passed in front of Moses, calling out, Yahweh, the Lord. The God of compassion and mercy. I am slow to anger and I am filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. I lavish unfailing love to a thousand generations. I forgive iniquity, rebellion, and sin. I love that because when you pull the attributes of God together, we often describe them as good. As good, when you pull all his attributes together, he is good. Goodness flows from a good God. Good fruit comes from a good tree. Goodness flows from a good God. Genesis chapter 1. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that it was good. Good. God called the dry land, uh, the dry ground land and the waters, seas. And God saw that it was good. Verse 12. The land produced vegetation, all sorts of seed-bearing plants and trees and seed-bearing fruit. Their seeds produced plants and trees of the same kind. And God saw it. And it was good. And it was good, and it was good, and it was good. And it was good because it's a reflection of his nature. That's why it is good. So God is good. Great. God cannot be separated from being good because he is good. It's like he's love. He's good. Therefore, I put all the dots together and I go, well, our lives should be leaking goodness Because the Holy Spirit dwells within us. And if the Holy Spirit dwells within us, He's shaping us more and more into the image of Christ, then our lives should be leaking goodness. Is that fair? Yeah, that's what we've said for the last nearly two years. Just kind of pulling it together a little bit. Yeah, our our lives should be leaking goodness. That's who we're called to be in society, in our communities. we're, We're to take the goodness of God, Express the goodness of God. Psalm 16:2 says, I said to the Lord, You are my master, and every good thing I have comes from you. Every good thing I have comes from you. Now, one of the challenges or the difficulties that many have in the world today about good and goodness is that we base it on feelings rather than truth. There's a big difference. Again, one's subjective, one is objective. Truth is objective. Our feelings are subjective. Depends which day you get me. I was thinking just in the break, if there was no coffee in the world, would God still be good? I was struggling with that one. But we often misinterpret good or goodness for the way we feel. And that's got to be dangerous. At the very best, that's got to be dangerous. So drugs. Why do they say drugs give you a high? Because they make you feel good for a moment. Is that subjective truth or is that objective truth? It's actually subjective truth, isn't it? It makes you feel good for a moment, but what are the consequences of a lifestyle of drugs? It's not going to go well for you. Let me prophesy not going to go well for you that's the outcome of a lifestyle of drugs what about casual um, sex and affairs may feel good for a moment but what's the outcome going to be it's going to do you damage so it can't be an objective good can it? it must be a subjective good for a moment perhaps perhaps not Perhaps you would be ridden with guilt. You won't even get your moment. So, that didn't quite come out right. But anyway, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. There is one standard of true goodness. Stay with me. Stay with me. There is one standard of true goodness, and it's revealed in the Scripture. It's revealed in Scripture. Galatians chapter 5. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's no law against these things. No law How come those things get produced in our lives? Presence of God. These called the gifts... uh, Sorry, the fruits are the Spirit. They're the result of the Holy Spirit residing in us and us living in relationship with Him. This is true good what true goodness looks like, from a human perspective at least. So Ken, I ask this question, if God is good, why does bad stuff happen? I would answer the question for you, but I'm not of a high enough pay grade to answer the question. <laughs> but I will answer the question with a question. Is that alright? Answer the question with a question. Here's my question. If God didn't exist, would bad stuff still happen? Of course it would. So would natural disasters still happen? They would, because the planet's kind of a living thing. It's alive, it's moving. There's plates under the ground moving, and there's weather systems, and there's every other thing. And when plates collide, they have these things called earthquakes, which we put into the natural disaster category. And some of those photos from down south, aren't they incredible? Two two metres, that, all that... 10 meters yeah, yeah, that house that's come off its foundations. And there's a picture I've seen several times of a... It was a mountain, and it opened up and all the middle fell down. It's now like a gorge. It's amazing, absolutely amazing. The power. That, that would happen, wouldn't it? Let's just say God didn't exist. I know he does, and it's a dumb argument. But it would still happen because the planet is moving. So if God didn't exist, would there still be issues with crime? Would there still be issues with war and injustice? Of course there would. Because that's about man's inhumanity one to another. One to another. So that's part of the tension we we can wrestle with. It would still happen. Of course it would. God is the source of all the good, James tells me. God doesn't withhold anything. Truly, from his, uh, anything good, truly good from his children, Psalms tell me. Even salvation is based on our response to his goodness. The Father sent the Son, to we heard in communion, the Son died on a cross to make us right with God. We have to rec- that's all goodness of God expressed. We have to receive that in order to come into relationship with him, in order to live on this planet in relationship with him and also eternity with him. So, even our salvation is reliant on the goodness of God. Titus says this But when God our Savior revealed his kindness and love, he saved us not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth, new life through the Holy Spirit. He generously poured out the Spirit upon us through Jesus Christ our Savior. Because of his grace, he declared us righteous and gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. You put all of those things together, we're talking about the goodness of God. Because of the goodness of God, the grace of God, we can come into relationship with him. The question is, have you come into relationship with him? Will you come into relationship with him? He's made the way up to us to say yes up to us to go on the journey with him. Let's just jump back to David for a moment. Taste and see that the Lord is good. In that psalm, at least three ways we see taste and see. At least three ways. We see deliverance, we see provision, and we see being heard. Verses 14 and 15. Well, For us to taste and see the Lord is good, if we need deliverance, first we've got to be stuck or trapped. Fair? To taste and see His provision, there must be a need. Yeah? Yeah? To taste and see that He is good is being heard, then we're not being heard. There must be a sense of exploitation or something happening. So we can taste and see in these ways. And I think experiencing his goodness is so important. But realize from David's point of view as he writes here, experiencing God's goodness was not a mountaintop experience. It was a valley experience. He was calling out when he was desperate. He was trapped. He was cut off. He was in desperate need of something. He was being exploited. And that's when he says, taste and see that the Lord is good. The valley doesn't indicate a lack of God's goodness. The valley in your life, the hard times in your life, the hard situations in your life does not, do not, indicate a lack of God's goodness in your world. The tough times in your life do not indicate a lack of God's presence in your world. just doesn't. I know. I mean, look at Job's helpers. They came and said, oh, this, that, and the other thing very easy to do that but it's just not it's not true your circumstances are your circumstances as high as the mountaintops are and as brief as they are sometimes so are the valleys deep but the valleys don't last forever either but I want to encourage you this morning because so often it's you can take on when you're in a valley when things aren't going right when you're not experiencing things the way you thought should happen if you've been given bad news, if you're in the middle of something, uh, t- uh, tragedy or something, you can so easily think this is an indication. God's left me. Where he's gone? I can't feel him. He's, has he abandoned me? No, he hasn't. David says, in those times, taste and see that the Lord is good. He's good. Your, in, your, your personal circumstances don't or are not an indicator of the goodness of God or the presence of God be encouraged keep going keep going if you're going through a whole lot of rubbish just don't stop keep going keep going you'll come out the other side keep going keep going take a deep breath take a deep breath you might have to take several deep breaths keep going keep going valleys don't last forever So, I think we can settle the question while, in fact, it was settled way before this morning. God is good. God is good. Yeah? Still not convinced. God is good. End of story. It's not a question, it's a statement. God is good. God is good. Despite what we may be experiencing at present, God is good. God is a good God. And He's good for me now, and He's good for my eternity will form me eternally. God is good. And I like to remind myself often that God is God and I am not. God is God, I am not. In other words, my view is very limited. His is not. His is not. Keep going, Sheridan. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Don't give in. Psalm thirty-four, twenty-two. But the Lord will redeem those who serve him. No one who takes refuge in him will be condemned. No one. So my response to to, to his goodness is praise and worship, as was David's. He reflects back on this time of suffering. He says, I praise you, God. I praise you, God. You know, I think when we have a room together of passionate disciples of Christ, we should never, ever need coaxing to worship. We should never, ever need coaxing to praise because God is good all the time, all the time, and it is the right response for us to come and praise and to worship and to lift Him up because God is good all the time. Father, I thank You that You are good all the time. Despite what our circumstances tell us some days, our declaration is that you are good. You are good. You are a good God. What an incredible privilege it is to be in relationship with you, to walk with you, to know you. Help us in our struggles. When it doesn't make sense, help us. Help us hang in there when we're getting to the end of our willpower, strength and everything else help us keep going I pray for every person who needs it in this place this morning that they would taste and see that you are good and be a tangible response to that taste and see that you are good And that you would stir the conviction of truth in each one of us that you are good. That you are good. And Father, that you would give us the grace to walk through whatever situation is presenting itself in our world at this time. Lord, that as we breathe in, we'd be breathing life. As we breathe in, be like a breath of your presence, of your Holy Spirit to spur us on again and again. And you would grace each one with the ability to walk through whatever life presents us and come out strong with a powerful declaration that my God is good and I will praise Him in Jesus' name.
4: Awesome. Let's give Pastor Sharon a hand. Thank you so much. Great. God is good. That is so true, isn't it? Well, next Sunday, ten a.m. Ten a.m. did your neighbour and say, ten a.m. Very cool. As I mentioned earlier, if you're new to Activate in the last three to six months and you haven't had the opportunity to go to an Activate DNA class, really encourage you to come along. It will be um, shortly after this gathering, we'll be meeting in the downstairs cafe. And as I said before, you'll learn and see how things fit and function together at Activate. And it's exciting what's happening in our faith community, not only in the life of the church, but in the life of um, other things that are happening, not only in this city, but cities around the world. And it's very exciting, so I encourage you to be part of that. Uh, there's a wonderful di- uh, lunch served: chicken, cold store, and buns. Very tasty, very nice. And uh, one of the things that we do sometimes, the kennel turns up. I wonder if he's going to turn up today. Next week. Now that is true. God is good, <laughs> so that's good. Mums and dads, the take-home question uh, today is, what is your favorite Bible story and why? What is your favorite Bible story and why? This evening, we have our 6 p.m. gathering in the youth hall. and really encourage you to come along. And next week, as Pastor Sharon has shared, we have Graham Lordson with us, which will be a wonderful time. Do you know one of the things... Uh, I was just thinking about goodness. I couldn't help but think about this. One of the things I love doing with my kids... I really enjoy blessing them. When, when my sons or my daughters do something good, I, I come alongside them and say, that was pretty good. I'm really proud of you. Just keep going on that way. I, I like that. Man, man, I just smile when I think about you doing that stuff. I feel really good. And you know our Dad in heaven, well, he's just like that in infinite times over. And when he sees us, he wants to just say, come along and say, that's really good. I want to pour my blessing into your life. I want to pour my blessing into your family because you know when you receive of my blessing, I want you to share it with others and they'll look at you and they'll go, I think you know somebody who's good and I want to know him too. So I'm going to declare this prayer of blessing over us this morning. So can I ask you to close your eyes and open your hands to heaven? This is the context of this prayer. Aaron and his sons would bless the people of Israel when they gathered. And the Lord instructed uh, Moses to tell Aaron to declare this over the people of Israel. And uh, when Aaron and his sons said this priestly blessing, it goes that the Lord says, I will bless them myself. So let's receive these words. May the Lord bless you and protect you. The Hebrew is the Lord bless you and protect you. The Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. The Lord show you his favor and give you his peace, both now and forevermore. Father, I thank you that you're a God who pours blessing. Father, I pray you'd press it down, shaken together and overflowing. Father, thank you that you are a good God. Thank you that, Lord, when things are around us and even in us, that challenge us, that we question your goodness. May we hang on to that truth that you are good. Father, may your goodness be poured upon the people in Kaikoura and the North Canterbury today, we pray. Lord, not only today, but in the weeks and months ahead, may they feel the love of this country, the love of your church, as they would minister your compassion and your kindness. Thank you for this wonderful city. Thank you for this wonderful nation. May your name be glorified in it. In Jesus' name we ask these things. And everyone said, Amen. So church, thank you for your giving. Uh, We encourage you to give in the giving stations in both foyers. And thank you for that. And if you have a need of prayer, then feel free to come up to the front. We'd love to stand and join with you in prayer. So God bless. We'll see you later. And if you're new to Activate, we'd love to see your DNA class. God bless. Thanks so much, church. Cool. Oh, you want to do a song? I think he wants to do a song. Okay, let's do a song.
1: Who wants to do a song?
4: Yeah,
1: go on. Everyone say, come on then. Everyone say, come on then. There we go.
3: Chosen, I am chosen. I am free. I am living for eternity. Free now forever. You pick me up,
1: turn me around. You set my feet on solid ground. Yours now forever. And this is the part where you declare.
2: Oh no, Nothing's gonna hold me back. My chain. My chains fell off, my heart was free. I'm like to live for you. I'm like to live for you. Amazing love how can it be? But you gave everything for me. You gave everything
1: For me, everything. You gave everything. Wayne's got the right idea. Let's pick it up.
2: You gave everything.
1: give you praise, Jesus. We pray that you would come with us into our week, whenever, wherever we would be like you. Give us the power to speak to those people, the courage to step out of our comfort zone. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Bless you. Have a great week.